Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Thursday morning, September 19th, episode 119. Uh, I'm joined with Matt Suggs, who is our producer, but today is uh, serving as co-host. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, glad to be helping out. I just realized that this is episode 119, and today's date is uh, 1919. Or no, excuse me, it's the 19th of 2019. So yeah, so <laughs> it's 91919, episode 119. Okay, that's a lot of, I don't even that's, know what just happened. That's crazy. Yeah. So Matt, I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Matt has been like our uh, producer for the last, I don't know, probably three seasons of doing this podcast. And I mean, we took the production, Matt took the production to a whole nother level and has really helped out with this. And, you know, I'll say this, Matt, other podcasts that I listen to, especially fantasy football podcasts, the hosts treat the producer like crap. Have you ever noticed that on podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. And usually the producer is like in a back room, just taking it. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's like the producer's the key holder to everything you're trying to do. That's right. That's right. I'm glad y'all realized that. That's makes me feel good. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that today. You're a value member of this team and I appreciate you coming on. Thanks man. I know when Zach listens to this, he's going to roll his eyes at that, but uh, so we'll, we'll just roll right into this episode. No Zach this week. And uh, we're going to cover uh, week two from last week, do a quick recap and then we will preview week three. No special guest this week. I think I'm just going to make Matt be the special guest as well. So we'll talk about uh, Matt's team with John Nichols, strong side. We'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll do our picks of the week. So, Matt, let's uh, just roll right into it, and let's do a trip around CMB. Let's take a trip around the league. Week two recap. Matt, we have our all-pro team together, I'm assuming. Uh, do you want to go over that and, and uh, look at the best players from week two? All-pro team. Week two, uh, Jordan, who do you think was the number one quarterback in the league? It's got to be one of these young quarterbacks. It was Lamar Jackson week one. I'm going to go Pat Mahomes week two. Patrick Mahomes, 40.05 points, uh, five points more than Lamar Jackson for your worst nightmare. Uh, running backs, Dalvin Cook for Tecmo Power Runners, 28.1 points. And Raheem Mostert for Big Orange Bullies, 25.35 points. Did not start. Um, I don't know if that's a big surprise. No, I wouldn't have started him either. Right. Dalvin Cook has had two big weeks. Um, catch it while you can before he yeah. gets injured. Uh, wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, uh, Kansas City Chiefs for H&F Industries, 36.45 points. This is the second week a Kansas City wide receiver has been the top scoring wide receiver. Uh, the other wide receiver was Emmanuel Sanders for Big Orange Bullies, 30.05 points, also did not start. I don't know that I'm surprised about that either. Uh, yeah, they've got, they've got a strong receiver group. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I would have put Sanders in as my flex spot, but uh, yeah, that's, that's rough. Tied in, Mark Andrews for ECW, 25.2 points, who Reed was very fond of. Um, flex position, Julio Jones for the Allman Brothers, 28.85 points. 12 points on the screen touchdown in the fourth, on fourth down in the fourth quarter that won the Falcons Sunday night football against the Eagles. So uh, Julio Jones looked really good in that game. 
Yeah, he had just 31 yards in week one. So that was, he had 103 yards, I think, in week two. So a nice bounce back. But again, most of his points came on that one play. But uh, Julio's back to being Julio. Defensive players, uh, I'm pretty fond of this one. Luke Keekley, strong side, 26 points. Yeah, and, and that was – so Keekly, I wanted to bring that one up because you guys received Keekly, right, in the parlay trade that included Antonio Brown? We did, yeah. I was in Texas and um, got a text asking if we were interested in Antonio Brown and for um, Pettis, wide receiver for San Francisco. And I called John, talked to him, and we made the trade pretty quick with Jake. But then as soon – I mean, minutes after we made the trade, Risher texted and asked about trading for Antonio Brown and offered Keekly to us. So we made the trade. We flipped any, him. Any regret not keeping A.B. after he gets the touchdown last week? Um, you know, I mean, not, not if Keekly scores 26 points a week, there's no regrets. But, you know, I, I can see weeks where Antonio Brown gets a lot more points. It was just one of those situations where at that moment, if you were on Twitter, which I was looking at Twitter, it was literally one news story away from us having zero value for Antonio Brown or having enough value to flip it into one of the best IDPs in the league. So Yeah, true. Uh, so for us, it was we're willing to take the risk. We flipped a wide receiver that we probably wouldn't start at all this year into an IDP that we'll start every week. So I can't look back at what AB is going to do for Risher. Um, Congratulations. He signed with the Patriots probably 10 minutes after we made the trade. But, um, but I think it turned out well for us. I'm okay with that flip. Well, and the Antonio Brown situation is not yet resolved with the league. From what I heard, there was talk that this week he would get put on the uh, NFL commissioner's exempt list, which would, uh, you know, essentially it would be like a paid suspension. So he wouldn't be a part of the team. That's still a possibility for next week. So I, I still think strong side came out on top of that trade. Well, there is no doubt that people have been put on that exempt list for less than what Antonio Brown is being accused of right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Risher did start him last week. So he, I think he got the points that he was going to get. We'll see how it goes every week after that. But we're happy to have uh, Luke Keekley. We IDPs are something I just always struggle with drafting. I, I struggle with the strategy on that. I just kind of follow other people's lead. So to be able to flip – uh, flip and get a good one. Uh, we're pretty happy with that. All right, so we had uh, – who are the remaining IDPs, the top IDPs from week two? Jamie Collins Sr., Big Orange Bullies, 25.5 points. Joe Schobert, Greg Coe, 18.75 points. Vernon Hargraves, the third, defensive back, 16 points. Your worst nightmare. Uh, picked him up off free agency. Uh, Bashad Breland, 16 points, who is a free agent. And uh, defensive team, New England for ECW, 45 points. Wow. Insane. Um, and kicker was Joey Sly from Carolina, who H&F just picked up, who was a free agent, 16 points, bringing the total lower than last week, 377.3 points. Yeah, way lower than last week. So last week was 425.20 points. So this was, it was a pretty you know light week in comparison, but – um, that was the all-pro team. You know, I, I think uh, the Patriots defense, obviously not expected to do that every week, but it was just – it was so um, symbolic of the matchup. Ross and Reed against, you know, ECW versus West uh, Coast Wombats. ECW just blew them out of the water, and we'll talk about that later. 
but you know ECW had the Patriots defense that had you know seven sacks four interceptions two touchdowns I mean they just the Dolphins are tanking and the Patriots were the recipient of that in, in week two. Uh, I mean, any team that plays the Dolphins right now, you want to stream that defensive team. You want that team on your team because they're off oh, it. Absolutely. So that was the all-pro team for week two. Matt, when we look at the standings in our league through two weeks, a couple of surprises, uh, a couple of names at the top that we're not surprised by, but East Coast Wombats, who this podcast and people around the league have been high on, they're sitting in first place right now, and they are in first for a reason. They scored the biggest blowouts in two straight weeks in our league after beating their rival, like I mentioned, West Coast Wombats, by 58.40 points. ECW's also in first in points four, with 380.45 points, that's 16 points higher than the team with the second most, and that is uh, you at strong side. Uh, you guys have, um, I think you're 16 points below them. But um, however, I will say this: ECW is also they have the lowest points against. Uh, their opponents have totaled just 281 points through two weeks, so they've had the easiest matchups, but they've also scored the, more, the most points. So it doesn't matter who they are playing; uh, they're, they're two and zero for a reason. Uh, Can we also acknowledge that they scored 201 points and their quarterback position got three? Ben Roethlisberger got three points. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Uh, And I'll say this too. Interestingly enough, so H&F, they're in second place, and they have the second lowest points against with 291.65. So the two teams at the top, they have the first and the second lowest points against. So their opponents through two weeks have just been cakewalks for for those two teams. But – um h&f like i mentioned they're in second place but they're in seventh in points four so mm-hmm. if we if we went off a points four system they'd be in seventh place right now um another note here so tecmo power runners they're in third place they they actually stole a win from greg in week one so i know it's thursday but we usually record on wednesday nights and we don't have the stat correction uh the dead the stat correction deadline is thursday a week ago Tecmo stole a win from Greg in week one. So a stat correction came to light uh, last Thursday before week two, and Tecmo came back to beat Greg Co. in that matchup from week one by .55 points. Wow. Tecmo went from 13th place to 7th, and with a win, Greg would have been in third place right now instead of 10th. Brutal. Wow. Yeah, so you know they stole a win in week one. They're two and zero right now. Probably should be one and one, but um, you know, stat correction, redemption, as as Kevin likes to say. Uh, the two teams in thirteenth and fourteenth place. The last two teams, the Almond Brothers and Dragon Energy. They are two of just four teams who have yet to spend a fab dollar. So, uh, any correlation or, or causation there, Matt? I don't know. I mean, we haven't spent a fab dollar yet either. Um, I'm probably more surprised with Dragon Energy. Um, I felt like. I feel like his draft was strong, but yeah, 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 agreed. But looking at the team now, I I can see where he should be a little concerned. Matt, we have on you. We have on the Pick'em champion from last year. So I, we talked about how you might have replaced uh, Greg as the uh, the Pick'em prophet, but not off to the best start this year. Let's look at the Pick'em standings as of uh, week the start of week three. Um, Tecmo Power Runners, they are in second place in our regular standings. And in the Pick'em standings, Jeff Gaw is in first. He's 11-3 and three after going 6-1 and one in week two. He's three wins ahead of second place right now, which is a tie between Chase Gaw, Jay Myrick, Matt Collins, and Carver Moore, who are all tied at 8-6. and six. 
you know, he's not going to like me saying this, but a really bad week for Zach, who in week two dropped from first to eighth place after going three and four in week two. And I'm not doing any better than Zach, but um, Zach falls from grace after two weeks. Yeah, so um, this week we are officially – I am officially handing the pick'em over to John Nichols. He's going to do the pick'em for the rest of the season. So. Really? Yep. Do you feel confident that he's going to make picks each week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, I mean, we I have an office right next door to his. He will make picks each week. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So uh, what happens, though, if, if you know, week 10, 11, you find yourself in, like, seventh or eighth place and it's not <laughs> looking like you're going to repeat as champion? Are you going to take over the reins? No. You know, I, I want to make sure we make picks every week. But to be completely honest, um, having the first pick this year – I don't know if that gave us a huge advantage or not. Uh, it's it's really nerve wracking to have the first pick. So I don't I don't get emotionally invested in winning the league pick 'em. It it just happened to happen. Now that being said, Saquon Barkley's got a new quarterback this week. Alvin Alvin Kamara has Teddy Bridgewater looked awful. So Kamara's got a bad quarterback this week. It could end up working out really well for us having the first pick. Um, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been what we anticipated him to be yet. So uh, maybe it is worth it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to like bust his office door down if he starts missing the picks. It's all luck um, every week anyway. Speaking of missing picks, let's do a quick review of our week two locks and bull predictions, the ones that Zach and I did. And I think we both got ours wrong from week one, but then week two, uh, let's first go over our special guest last week was Ross and Reed. And that might've been one of my favorite interviews we've done in a long time. I thought Ross was, was really strong on that uh, appearance. what did you think? I thought they did great. Um, Ross, uh, Ross has the ability to talk some smack when he wants to. And um, when he, when he gets over the, I'm the best podcast host in the world, like he used to bring, uh, it's enjoyable. I think my, my two favorite nuggets from that interview, uh, one was, was Ross saying, uh, well, it was Reed talking about – I loved how Reed said – when I asked him about Leonard Fournette, he said, I've liked him dating back to high school. So Reed, <laughs> Reed's all in on high school football, uh, and, you know, I thought that was cool. Talking about uh, watching YouTube videos of Leonard Fournette, yeah. Right. He's on, like, the uh, the Rivals page, I guess, and for high schoolers. But uh, Ross, he, see, he had two nuggets. He said about Matt Collins, which had me laughing. He just – it was like, I think he just lost something. He was trying to think of some smack talk. He ended up just, just calling him an idiot, which was really funny to me. And then at the very end, he decided to do that weird praise of Jake that was random. And he said something like uh, about Jake praising him. You know, it's, I'm not used to it or something like that. I, don't mm-hmm. know, I thought that was so funny. Yeah, that was good. Um, he also said, um, he was talking, you asked him about Baker Mayfield. And he said, uh, yeah, we didn't get Baker, but we're we're happy to have Big Ben on our team. Yikes! And um, that, that jinxed him right there. That was they it. say though that they are the Browns of our league, and that couldn't be more true. Uh, so let's look at so their bullet prediction. They didn't really have one per se at an official bullet prediction, but they did say I think we'll have a victory in week two. And like I mentioned earlier, they did winning by fifty eight points over uh, West Coast Wombats, their rivals. So. Uh, you know, Matt and Courtney are going to have to stew over that loss for an entire year. Um, and then if you look at, so my bold prediction was 30 uh, plus points for Derrick Henry in week two. That was a big time L. The Titans dropped a loss to the Colts. My uh, my lock of the week, though, was H&F over uh, Rish, and I ended up winning that one. 
Uh, Zach picked Allman Brothers to win. That was a loss for them. And then he his bold prediction, another Titans bold prediction, I got to stop doing those, was two <laughs> touchdowns for Corey Davis. And I actually don't think he had two catches. So, Yeah, have you seen where um, they've been reviewing Mariota's play and they keep talking about how many times Corey Davis was in the spot to make a catch? Oh, yeah. And Mariota's just not hitting him. So, um that's, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, tonight's going to be interesting for the Titans for sure. Yeah. So Thursday night football, Titans, Jags. We'll find out a whole lot more. I hope on on the Titans offense and if Mariota is his recent. Uh, I say recent skittishness. I mean he's been pretty inconsistent over the last couple of seasons, but uh, he's he's got to make a huge mark tonight. Uh, so those were our bold predictions and locks from last week. Um, Zach, sorry, Matt. Let's do a week three preview and do a, a fab recap. Um, the biggest, the, the highest dollar spend here was Debo Samuel, a receiver from San Francisco. Zach and Brian H and F spent twenty three dollars on Debo. Didn't you guys draft him, Debo? No, we drafted Pettis, who Pettis. we traded for Antonio Brown. Right, and that was an amazing trade because you guys essentially parlayed uh, Pettis, who now is like a wide receiver three in San Fran. You guys parlayed him into Luke Keekley, so. Uh, great trade for strong side. So, like I said, Zach and, and Brian spent $23 on Debo Samuel. Big Orange Bullies, the next highest bidder at 7 bucks, And then Kemp's Crew at $6. So, H&F overspent by quite a bit for uh, Debo Samuel. But we'll see if it plays out. We talked about Dante Pettis before. He's, he's pretty much droppable at this point in, in fantasy. Uh, Jimmy G just not really getting it done in the air. But it, it seems like he's found a, a target that he likes in, in Debo Samuel. Uh, the next one here was Terrell Edmonds, the Pittsburgh safety. H&F spent $6, and they were the highest bidder, again, by 6 bucks. Big Orange Bullies and East Coast Wombats, both of them bid $0. So H&F overspends again on that one, but uh, they saw a guy they wanted and they took him. Um, the next one was Vernon Hargraves, the third, the Tampa Bay uh, cornerback. Goes for $4 to Your Worst Nightmare. Uh, Big Orange Bully spent $0, and East Coast Wombat spent $0. And then the last one here was uh, Joey Sly, who was our all-pro kicker. He uh, was Carolina's kicker. $2 goes to H&F, and ECW, again, spends $0. So Man. the common thread here, um, the, the losers on all these were Big Orange Bullies and ECW <laughs> got outbid on every single bid. Yeah, and, I mean, $7 for Debo Samuel seems like, that could make sense. Um, man, 23. Wow. That's a lot. They must see something. Yeah. So who knows? They're like a nine-time champion in our league, so I won't That's question right. their judgment. Yep. None at all. The non-compete fab, we mentioned earlier about Ben Roethlisberger's injury. So his backup quarterback now, Mason Rudolph, goes for $13 to East Coast Wombats. They finally win something, but they were the only bidder. So they get him for $13. Hope it plays out for him. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, the Philadelphia receiver, goes for $9 to Kemp's crew, though no one else spent any money on him. Uh, Jake's former Eagles fandom, I think, is creeping back here. Uh, Aguilar played a, a big role in week two with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey out, but uh, they might be out again in week three. But I, just, I think Aguilar, he's just he's a drop machine. He had that big catch against the Falcons on Sunday Night Football, but I think $9 might have been a little too much here for Jake. I mean, he, he had a big catch, but it's because all their wide receivers got injured during that game. Exactly. So he was the only guy they had to throw to at that time. Yeah, so I, I don't trust Aguilar long-term. Nine bucks is, is, you know, not a whole lot to burn there, but, you know, who knows if, if 
uh, Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson end up missing quite a bit of time. That's not a bad move, but right. uh, I, we know Jake used to rock a McNabb jersey to our draft, so there's maybe a little bit of fandom and bias there. Uh, how, how bad do you think Pittsburgh feels about trading Josh Dobbs now? Oh, they've got to be kicking themselves. I mean, he wasn't really pushing for the starting role over Rudolph, but, I mean, he had an impressive preseason, Josh Dobbs did. Yeah, I mean, it just – it has to hurt to trade away a guy and then lose your starting quarterback the next week. And especially now knowing, too, that Gardner Minshew won out as the star. He's the starter now in Jacksonville, and Dobbs is a backup. So, you know, you trade away your backup to another team to still be a backup. Um, So – uh, the last one here that I wanted to mention, a notable non-compete fab, was Darwin Thompson, the Kansas City running back. He only gets signed for $3 to Tecmo, even though no one else bid. But I like this move a lot. So Tecmo actually drafted Thompson in like the 14th round to be uh, the Damian Williams handcuff. Uh, and then they drop him before week one after the Chiefs signed LaShawn McCoy. So uh, we, we talked about how that was maybe not such a great pick after the draft because of the McCoy signing, but – it looks like Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy, they both got hurt in week two. They have injuries that could sideline them in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was easily worth the $3 stash for Tecmo. For sure. Um, all right, Matt, let's move on here. And like I said, no special guest of the week because our special guest is co-hosting. So let's do our week three picks of the week. Picks of the week. Matt, the first matchup looks like that is uh, East Coast Wombats and H&F Industries. East Coast, first place team, and H&F in second. So this is our 1A, 1B, or 1 and 2 teams. Uh, who do you have in this matchup, Matt? Um, I think I may go with H&F this week. I think um, I don't, Lamar Jackson is great. Um, Michael Thomas without Drew Brees, I don't know, man. Like, I just – I don't know. And and Matt Stafford. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Matt Stafford. So, I think I'm going to go H&F this week. Yeah, Demarcus Robinson is such a shaky play for them. I know he, so, he's been added in 62% of leagues in the last day in Yahoo. So, he's really popular right now because he put up 36 points in week two. But it's going to be a different Chiefs receiver every week. I could see it being Sammy Watkins again this week for, for Mahomes. So I, I don't like Demarcus Robinson on sort of a consistent level each week. Um, I do like that Chiefs offense against that terrible um, – not terrible, but for fantasy. The Ravens secondary has given up quite a few points to receivers already. Um, but I'm with you. I like Lamar Jackson to have a huge week. Um, but I'm going to turn heel. I'm, I'm going to go East Coast Wombats. I'm going to pick them. Um, you know, obviously, I think Fournette, the Titans have had his number. He's never really put up consistent numbers against the Titans. And even this year, just 11 points and 12 points. Uh, but OBJ, I mean, he came alive against the Jets. And I think it just picks up. And I'm just, I'm going to keep riding this ECW wave, and I'm going to go with them. You know what? I'm changing my pick. Uh-oh. I'm changing my pick because New England is playing the Jets. And um... – I'm going to make this my lock of the week. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Wow. All right. So not only am I changing my pick, East Coast Wombats is going to win, and it's going to be my lock of the week because of the Patriots. Lock of the week picked it in the first matchup. I like it. Bold and beautiful. All right. Next matchup here. This is Big Orange Bullies, the 12th place team versus Dragon Energy sitting there and last. But like we said, Rich 
really did draft well. He's got a good team. He's just, you know, he's fell on bad times in the first two weeks. Uh, but he's still starting Cam Newton in light of all the recent events with his shoulder surgery that he's recovering from. He's got to put Jameis in that starting lineup. But his quarterback position, his team right now, I just don't like this at all, uh, the way it's configured, because he's still starting O.J. Howard, who through two weeks has done seven points. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with Big Orange Bullies. Yeah, Joe Mixon's been bad, too. And uh, he's not going to have a better week this week. Um, yep, Big Orange Bullies. Cam Newton, O.J. Howard, same thing you just said. I'm going to go with Big Orange Bullies. All right, and then the next matchup here, this is Greg Coe versus West Coast Wombats. Uh, WCW, you know, we've picked on them quite a bit, um, but I just, you know, their, their roster is another one of those where a guy like Calvin Ridley, we can't really trust week to week, although he's put up 16 and 24-point weeks being a number two receiver. Uh, Derrick Henry, he has the Jags number uh, just every season since he's been in the league. That's been his whipping team. Uh, so I think Derrick Henry has another big week. I'm not going to put any type of bold prediction on it. Um, but I, I just – I still think Greg gets the win this week. I like Russell Wilson against New Orleans, um, who's giving up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. I, I like Greg Coe in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to go with Greg Coe. Um, I don't know if I will pick West Coast Wombats. I don't know if I'll be making any picks the rest of the year. I don't This may be my only episode. but Oh, wow, um, bold prediction. Well, I mean, you know, is, is Zach taking pictures or is he not taking pictures? We'll see. Right. Um, um, James Conner, um, he's the only red flag that I really see. And then can Mike Evans – will Mike Evans be the number one wide receiver for Tampa Bay? Because so far he's not been. Um, but still, I, I still pick Greg Cook. All right, next matchup here. This is IDP still suck eighth place versus the 13th place Allman Brothers. So James Blake, this team this year, I mean, they are their team rides and dies with about three variables. One, that the Cleveland Browns offense is going to put up big points. They have Baker, Nick Chubb, and Jarvis Landry as starters week to week. Um, so they have that going for them. Julio Jones has to have, like, monstrous weeks every week for him to be – to recover their team – and then they're going to start two tight ends every, every week. They're going with Greg Olson and Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, usually not a bad play, but he only put up seven points last week. I, and they're also starting Houston's defense. That's another thing. So I, I don't know what the Allman brothers are doing right now. They're still starting Aaron Donald, who put up a point in week one. He put up two points in week two. Uh, so you got to go to, with IDP still suck in this one. Yes, yeah, same. I'll go with IDP still suck. Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs as your three three wide receivers. Um, I mean, I don't know how you pick against that. Uh, Todd Gurley is sketchy. But uh, Mark Ingram, I think, has been a pleasant surprise. Um, but I don't see DeAndre Hopkins only having nine points again this week. So I go with Fatty P still suck. Next matchup here, this is Isaiah4031, who, even though he lost last week, Jordan surprised a lot of folks in, in this league with how well his team's constructed this year. Right now, Jordan is in fifth place, and he's going up against Techno Power Runners, who are in third. We talked about earlier about how Jeff and Rob have kind of snuck by, uh, maybe not last week, but in the first week, they clearly snuck by a win, getting a stat correction. I don't think their team is as strong as it's been in the past. 
Uh, obviously, at the quarterback position, Deshaun Watson is the definition of boomer bust. I mean, 36 points in week one, 14 in week two. And I think you should expect to see that week to week with Watson and, and the Houston offense. Uh, I'm looking at this matchup here, and I'm trying to find reason to pick Tecmo. I'm actually going to go with Jordan this week. I mentioned it earlier, but I think this is the week that Sammy Watkins uh, goes off for Kansas City and not uh, their other receiver, uh, Demarcus Robinson, who's now on H&F. So I'm going to go with Isaiah 40-31. Yeah, I don't trust um, DJ Chark. Um, I, think, uh, I think Jordan wins. I think it's pretty easy. DJ Chark, you mentioned, he's had big weeks in weeks one and two, 24.6 points and 18.5 points. But the Titans aren't giving up a ton of points to receivers this year. So I, I like the Titans' defense in, in the Thursday night matchup we've talked about. And Chark will probably have – might not have a, a double-digit week like he's had the last two weeks. Uh, the next matchup here, Zach, this is – sorry again. Matt, yeah, this, like is my, this is my matchup with uh, your worst nightmare, pace in your face. I'm in seventh. Kevin Kevin is in sixth place, and this is a tight matchup in my opinion. I mean, Mahomes is the QB one for a reason. He'll probably win MVP again as long as he stays healthy. But I, I like my matchup a lot this week. I mean, Kevin is starting Allen Robinson, who does not have a quarterback right now. I mean, Trubisky's a joke. Might be worse than Mariota at this point. Probably is. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back out of Alabama for the Raiders, tweeted or put on Instagram today that he's so sick that he's lost 10 pounds. So there's wow. a chance there's a chance that Josh Jacobs doesn't play in week two. And looking at the rest of Kevin's team, I think he put this out on Facebook. This is brutal for Kevin. So Kevin put out on the Facebook group that he needed a running back and that Drew Brees was on the trade block. Well, Drew Brees is out for like eight weeks. So Kevin's next best option, if Josh Jacobs can't play, is Amir Abdullah. It's his only other running back. And right now in Yahoo, he is the RB78. Wow. Now, Damian Williams may not play either. Um, That's fine. <laughs> all right. Hey. Then I, I'm I pick, not, then I pick you, Pace. That's, I like that confidence. I'm not concerned. I'll, I'll, I'll plug in uh, Duke Johnson, plug and play. We'll be fine. But um, – yeah, I mean, my team has a lot of variables, too. I know I have, like, I have a couple of guys who, if, if the holdout ends or if, uh, you know, they get benched, I'm in trouble. But, yeah, I like myself pretty big this week. I like it. All right, last matchup here. This is your matchup, Matt. Strong side, you guys right now are sitting uh, nicely in fourth place against Kemp's crew in ninth. And I know that's just eating at Jake, losing me in week two. This is a really strong matchup, uh, no pun intended, for strong side, who you guys are projected to put over 200 points. The only other team this week that's projected to do over 200 is Jordan Iwanazin. So um, I'm going to pick strong side. I'm going to pick you guys as my lock of the week, and it's not because of, of that big uh, you know, point variance or whatever between you and Jake. I just I like week one as a starter for Daniel Jones. I know you're not starting him, but you guys have shares, obviously, of Saquon Barkley – and of Evan Ingram. Mm. So my, my bold prediction is two touchdowns for Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones's first start. I think he needs, a, as a rookie quarterback in his first game, he's going to need some type of, of security blanket and a tight end. And I think he throws two touchdowns to Evan Ingram. And my lock of the week is strong side. And that's the bottom line. Go Stone Cold Simpson. Um, well, I haven't picked against myself yet this year. I hope John doesn't pick against us. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, 
I'm going to go with strong side as well. John chose to draft Matt Ryan. Um, I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever had Matt Ryan on a fantasy team. But the thing I've realized about Matt Ryan is um, he's pretty consistent. He is. He, do, he doesn't have awful weeks. He doesn't have the best weeks. But he's consistent every week. So um, I actually really like that, that, that pick for a quarterback. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with our team right now. So I'll go strong side. And I'm really happy that I got Luke Keekley kind of thanks to Jake. So I'll go with us. Yeah. Uh, I like that. It's, it's a sneaky, uh, cool fact from this from this matchup, Matt. Real quick, let's let's preview Thursday Night Football: Titans Jags. Who do you have in this one in the, in this matchup? What do you like about uh, the Titans or the Jags in this week? Well, I don't hate I don't hate the Titans right now. I, I think that they um, easily could have beaten the Colts last week. I think Mariota looked really shaky at the end of the game, um, just with his decision making. Um, I think they're going to they're gonna really turn around some play calling. I think they're going to open it up a little bit more. Um, I think they're catching the Jaguars on their heels with some of the drama going around the team, trying to break in a new quarterback. I feel like – I mean, I really – the Titans really need to win this game. So, I, mean, I feel like they're going to win. If you're Jalen Ramsey tonight, who he requested, he and his agent requested a trade on Monday. If you're Jalen Ramsey in Thursday Night Football, do you ball out and just go off and try and, like, pick every ball, make every tackle? Do you shut down this game in hopes that a team sees that and wants to trade for you? Or do you try and take the night off and rest because you know you're probably going to get traded in the next couple of days? I think that if Jacksonville is asking for two first-round picks for you and you're not – uh, you have no control over that, you better ball out. You better have an incredible game because teams are looking to give a lot up to, to get you. Um, he better not take a night off because I think Jacksonville will just hold on to him. Matt, you're a, a Titans fan. It's, it's no secret. If, if, well, if you're John Robinson, the Titans GM, speaking, I guess, from a fan's perspective and from John Robinson, uh, this hypothetical, what would you give up to bring Jalen Ramsey to Nashville? Um, not that much. I just, I wouldn't do it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think, I think he's worth a first round pick, but I don't know that he's worth two. That's just I, me. I think I'd give up a first in a Dory. Yeah, I would do that. I think if, if that trade is, is available and both teams like it, I think you shake hands with Tom Coughlin and you're on your way. Uh, wouldn't that be cool if they got the trade done like while they were at the stadium today? In person, is there any? Would you trade within your division? I mean, would would you trade a guy like Jalen Ramsey across yeah. the division? Yeah, it's another key factor that we no one's really talking about. Is people a lot of people like Vegas odds right now? The Titans are like the second or third team that are favored to, to land Ramsey, and I just don't see the Jags trading within their division, especially to a team that has had the Jags number forever. Uh, and another another variable here is that Ramsey is from Nashville and he wants to go to Nashville. He's he said on Busting with the Boys, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton's podcast that he wants if if he can go anywhere after this season, it's either Nashville or Vegas to play for the Raiders. So the, the Jags know where Ramsey wants to go. I don't think they're going to reward him by trading him to where he wants to go. Yeah. So um, I I agree. Uh, not not the way um, and. I mean, he, he brings a certain level of drama to your team that you have to just take with it. Um, 
So I don't know. Uh, they, that would be a hard give for John Robinson to give up a lot to get him, I think. And, and you can argue, too, that the Titans secondary right now, this is the best secondary they've had in probably 10-plus years because that was the, really the low point of this team for the longest time. I mean, remember the days of trotting out like Valentino Blake and Bryce McCain as your starting corners? And, and now this team, I think they've had the, the secondary alone had you know four or five interceptions through – uh, with just two weeks. So I think they don't want to touch the secondary, the Titans. I think they like where they're at and adding Jalen Ramsey could, could blow this whole thing up and make it worse. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I really don't hate the Titans team. Um, I think, I think they got a lot of, they got a lot of the pieces, right? I just feel like my question is what kind of leash is Mariota on? Um, and do you blame Arthur Smith for that? Or do you blame Mariota for that? I don't know. Um, I think this week will be very telling. They're not going to bench Mariota this week. No. But if they go out and lay an egg against Jacksonville, I think that's going to be a big picture of what we expect for the rest of the season. Um, I think they need to come out and be strong tonight. Well, and just through two weeks, you can't blame Arthur Smith. He, he's only called two weeks of games. You can, however, maybe point the finger at Mariota, who we've seen the same similar issues with him for the last four or five seasons. So with Mariota, you know, it's injuries, but it's also been, you know, inconsistencies and inaccuracies over the last, we've seen it definitely last week over the last couple of years. So if there's any finger pointing, it might be at the quarterback, but let's give a few more weeks to the play caller before we, we call for Arthur Smith's head. But uh, right now it's just, it's like uh, it's like civil war right now with Titans Twitter. There's people who are diehard Mariota fans and there are people that want to put in Tannehill. So no yeah. one's, no one's down the middle, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's kind of where I sit. I, I, feel like, I feel like he can turn it around, but it's really frustrating to have um, – it's really frustrating to have Mariota in a press conference talking about, I'm not making the right reads or I need to make better decisions. Paul Kaharski tweeted a clip of his press conference and put, this is year five. Like, right. you're, saying, you're saying things a rookie quarterback should say, and this is year five. It, we're tired of it. Stop saying those things, you know. And that's kind of how it feels with Mariota. Just, um, just do what you say if you, if you have the ability to do it. And if you don't, uh, it's very telling that they haven't extended him, his contract, with all these quarterbacks who haven't really done a lot getting these gigantic deals. And um, I, I don't think we have confidence in him. Yeah, and I think the Titans front office, particularly like Amy Adams Strunk, the controlling owner, I think they're just like Titans fans. I think they they desperately want it to work with Mariota. And it's like every week where he has like good moments, like week one against the Browns. I mean, he threw three touchdowns. I wouldn't say he had a, a great week, but I think there was enough in week one where you say, you know, this might be the real thing. Let's see what happens in week two. And then week two, you know, lays an egg, throws out a stinker. And it's like, I think the Titans front office right now are looking at it from the same approach as a lot of optimistic fans. It's, we want this to work. We just need to see more. And unfortunately, the time to see more is dwindling. There's only 14 more weeks of this year and maybe the playoffs to, to get a sample, a more of a sample size and, and see what, what the decision on Mariota is going to be. So, you know, I'm, I'm not off the train yet. I know a lot of people are. But the, uh, the train is kind of in the process of slowing down, and I'm about to hop off if, if things don't pick up. So um, that yeah, is uh, – And the problem is the Titans are going to be just good enough to have no shot at the really good quarterbacks in the draft. So, um, so I think you're going to – I think they got Tannehill for a reason because he can be a stopgap for them. 
Um, and then they're going to have to look in free agency and they're going to have to spend a lot of money because these quarterbacks, the prices they're going for, uh, what Jared Goff got, what Dak Prescott's going to get, it's out of this world. Well, and the, and the good quarterbacks are not leaving their team. So I don't think the Titans are going to look in free agency for a replacement if they decide to replace Mariota. Uh, but the, the thing is, to, uh, to tie all this together, one, another reason you don't trade for Ramsey and give up a first-round pick is what if you like a quarterback in next year's draft? You want your first-round pick so you can try and you know package that with another pick and move up to take a quarterback in the draft. You give up your first pick and maybe next year's first to move up, kind of like what the Rams did when they traded with the Titans. Well, I mean, look at the Steelers right now, giving up a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, and the Steelers may have an awful season this year. Right. So you're, you're giving up a first-round pick that could potentially be the quarterback that Miami needs. Well, we just, we just uncovered a lot with the Titans, and I, I didn't expect to go down that hole, but I think it's what's on everyone's mind right now. Over 75% of this league probably of our fantasy league are Titans fans, so maybe they wanted to hear this, but – uh, I know there are a lot of Mariota haters in this league too. I know, I know uh, Chase Gaw, obviously not a fan. Jake Stanifer, not a fan. Uh, and he's probably losing fans each week. But uh, we'll, we'll find out more tonight on Thursday Night Football. How does your season ticket crew feel about Mariota? Yeah, so I think Jay and Jacob and I, we have kind of an aligned, not an aligned vision, but we have an aligned thought on this. We, we just desperately want Marcus to be good and be the answer, but – the lack of consistency has kind of led us to think maybe he's capped to be a top 20 quarterback. He's not going to be ever be in the top 10. He's going to be in like the 10 to 20 range. And we're kind of fine with that. Uh, but if there's a better option, you know, I think we're getting to the point where it's like we need, we might not want to look somewhere else, but you know, we, there are a lot of people we know who are already wanting Tannehill to start and we're, we're not there yet. I don't want to speak for Jay and Jacob, but I think that's where they're at too. All right. That was our week. Uh, three preview episode. This is episode 119. Matt, thanks again for coming on and for producing this. Usually I have to tell Zach uh, where you're going to drop uh, some nice nuggets for us and some, some edits, but you were on this week. So um, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Week three preview week two recap guys. We will see you next week on episode 120. Thanks. Now, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure that they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Wow.